On this week's episode of the Whistleway Podcast, I go through 15 common misconceptions about joining the real estate industry. I ask Kyle rapid fire these 15 questions. He gives his answers. And surprisingly enough, I was probably wrong on my guess about, about 11 of them. So stay tuned for this week's episode of the Whistleway Podcast. Kyle, I've got a list of 15 common misconceptions about real estate agents, and I want to ask you them, and I want your honest answer if it's true or false, and then I want you to explain them a little bit for me. 15 in 30 minutes. We're going to go quick? It's going to be rapid fire today. Rapid fire. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> this is Brian's new favorite phrase. Let's go. You should put it on a <laughs> towel or something. Yeah, nobody's ever said it before. <laughs> Brian just got introduced to uh, sports terms recently. No, so. I've just been watching it a lot, and I'm, now I'm annoyed with it. Let's go. <laughs> cool. Welcome to the Whistleway Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty here in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, and techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. Number one way we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So rather than us guessing at what you want to hear about, we just listen. Um, so if you have a topic you want to have us hit on, just go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. You can join our uh, private Facebook group and our email newsletter list so we can send you a bunch of tips and tricks and get on our referral list for all the people that are leaving California. Um, so if you want to get on there, go to thewhistleway.com. You can also get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind um, and really start to crush it with video in your market. And that's a, a course. And then we also do a mastermind every two weeks with Brian and I sharing tips and tricks of what's working for us today to supplement that content. So all that, thewhistleway.com. Let's roll. All right, Kyle. So I want you to give me a true or false on each of these, right? So real estate, it's easy money. Is that true or false? True. If you put in the fucking work, the problem is people don't put the work in. It's really not that hard, but I have a lot of people that get in the industry and, and think it's going to be easy money and think that they don't have to work. So, um, it's, it's really not hard, but everybody comes into this industry. I, I can't tell you how many people we've interviewed. Like you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then that lasts for like five minutes. Like it's, it's not hard if you just prospect two hours a day and you stay in touch with your sphere of influence, take great care of your clients, stay in touch with them after the sale, provide great service and focus on building relationships, it's easy. But people just, they won't prospect. Like prospecting is the number one thing. So if you could just prospect two hours a day, every day, five days a week, no matter what, I don't care if you have one deal pending or a hundred deals pending, two hours a day every day, it's really easy. It really is. People just won't put the work in. Everybody says they want it, they just won't do it. That flows into a lot of these down the line, so that's great. Cool. All right. Um, with real estate, you make your own hours. True or false? True, which is a, a drawn-out true. Yeah, it was. You do make your own hours. Um, I think that a lot of people, they allow their clients to run their schedule instead of them running their schedule. So you can make this a 9 to 5 if you want to. You can if you want to, if you work disciplined and you make sure your clients are aware, these are my hours and this is how things work, you can make your own hours. The problem is, just like the last one, people, they don't control things. They allow their clients to control their schedule. And, and the analogy that we use all the time in our office is that you have the ability to make the same amount of money as a doctor without having to ha have gone to school for five or 10 years like it takes to become a doctor. You can make the same amount of money as them don't have to put in the time in school. Don't have to accrue all the crazy debt that a doctor has to accrue. 
and you can make the same amount of money, but you just don't run your schedule like a doctor does because I don't know about you. My, uh, my daughter had a, a checkup at the doctor today. We didn't get to call the doctor be like, yeah, you know what? We want to come in at 1.15 on a Monday. That's the time we want to come in. Like, no, the doctor was like, next available appointment I have is Monday at 1.15. All right, we'll take Three it. months from now. Right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we booked that a while back. Like that's how it worked. Or so many other industries out there, like you don't call and get to tell them when you want to come in. You come in when they tell you you can come in, when they have the availability to see you. But in our industry, a client's like, I want to go see this property at 7.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. And that's the only time I can see it. You're like, okay, I'll be right there. Oh, my gosh. Like, no, you don't have to do that. The 7.30 p.m. on a Saturday is not the only time they can see the property. Um, so if you control your calendar instead of allowing your clients to control your calendar, you can make your own schedule. I thought you were going to go a little different route with that. I thought you were going to say, yes, you make your own hours. But that does a lot of times I think when people go, oh, I get to make my own hours. They're thinking like 12 hours a week. You get to make your own hours, but it's usually more running a business. You work more hours than uh, you should work more hours than a, than a normal nine to five. Well, the problem is most agents work 12 hours a week, which is why they don't make the money that they thought they were going to make. But if they put the work in and worked a full nine to five, it's uh, John Pugh led one of our huddles recently. And there's a ton of agents that are looking to get out of the business right now because they're not making the kind of money they want to make. And what's funny is they're spending so much time searching for other jobs. Like, where am I going to go when I get out of real estate? One, if they could just take the time they're spending looking for the other jobs and use that for prospecting, they'd be fine. They wouldn't be looking for other jobs. And then the funniest part of the whole thing is they're looking for other jobs that are going to have a nine to five schedule. If they just worked the fucking nine to five schedule now, they wouldn't be looking for other jobs either. True. All right. Kyle is not passionate about that one. All right. Next one. In real estate, every day is different. True. true or false? Absolutely true. Um, I think that if you can work a, a routine schedule, that you can have uh, you know, a decent routine and things are very similar, but no two days are going to be the same. I mean, you're dealing with all kinds of different clients that are you know, from a, a wide variety of backgrounds. I mean, in one day I might get a, a lead that's looking to buy a mobile home and then I might get one that's looking to buy a mansion in the same day and that the type of client that I deal with is so different. The type of property that I deal with is so different. The things that are going to come up throughout the process of, you know, their financial situation, qualifying for their loan, the condition of the home, there's a lot of variability in it. So every day is different. I don't think you ever have two days that are the same. I thought you were going to go different there too, but good. But you, you talked about as within your schedule, I thought, I thought you were going to say lean more towards false. Cause every day should be, similar, right? You've got your prospecting, you've got your appointments. I thought that's how you're going to go, but I like it. Um, next one, real estate. It's a uh, <laughs> real estate is a glamorous job. True or false? Oh, you've never had somebody show one of your listings and take a shit in the toilet and not flush it. <laughs> never had that happen, had you? Yeah. I mean, dude, I've, it's, uh, th there's parts of it for sure that can be glamorous, but there's a lot of parts that most people don't share. Um, you know, where you've walked into a house that, that has the issue I just described, which I've had happen. Um, you know, there's the houses you walk, I, the worst one that I ever had, I walked, it was a foreclosed home. I walked in, opened the door, took a step in and like cockroaches just fell on my head. They were all around the, um, door frame or casing. And as soon as I walked in, they all just fell on my head when the, 
um, the door opened up. So like, that's not very glamorous. Um, I had the first, actually the first REO listing or foreclosure listing that I ever got. Um, we went in the house, like you have to like break into these houses and stuff. Um, so we like break in the house and we take the pictures for the bank. Everything's cool. Get back in the car. And I realized there was like fleas all over my legs. I was like, Oh fuck. Um, next morning I get in the car and there was fleas all over the car. So I was like, all right, I have to flea bomb this thing. So I literally flea bombed, like I got one of those foggers Uh and I fogged my car and it worked. It got rid of them all. But so when I went to go drive the car, obviously the smell was pretty strong because those things aren't made to be. And this was like a Honda Civic that I had at the time. Um, So it's not a big car. So I I bombed, flea bombed my Honda Civic. And then I went out to breakfast with some friends, but the car smelled so bad. I was like, I'm going to leave the windows down a little bit to like air it out. And I went to breakfast and the windows were down. Somebody broke in the car and stole a bunch of my stuff. So like, yeah, it's not, none of that is glamorous. All right. Um, so basically selling sunset is not a true story or. I mean, we, I have some friends on the show, so I don't want to talk a lot about the, about the, the negative, glamour. but it's not, the, it's the not show that. is not representative of a traditional day in the life of a real estate agent. We'll say that. Cool. Yeah. I wasn't trying to shit on them. I was just, <laughs> anyways. Okay. I mean, but they know, let's be real. They know it's all bullshit. Like it's completely <laughs> made up and uh. you know, it's staged and all that. Now there's some, there's some real aspects within the show, but it's made for TV. It's entertainment. And I gave you the out and you're like, thanks. Let me dive deeper. Okay. Um, With real estate, you can start earning money immediately. True or false? I'll say true that you could. I think I'm over five on these (laughs) on how you're going to answer these. Good. And we've only worked together eight years. You should know me by now. I thought I did. I think I'm intentionally (laughs) going the opposite way of what you would think. Um, Theoretically, you could start earning money immediately in real estate. Um, just depending on how you want to enter the market. Like I think a lot of people would, would be great. We'll use Cody, for example. Love Cody. Um, so I was looking for an assistant and Cody um, applied for that position. And he was the second person that I hired. The first person was a train wreck. Um, one little quick tip. If you're ever going to hire somebody in a salary position, never hire them on a salary from day one. Hire them on a contract. We've always done a two-week contract. Anytime we're looking to hire somebody who's going to have a salary, we put them on a two-week contract. That way, if things don't go well during that two-week period, the contract ends, the employment ends. You don't have to deal with unemployment or any of that other stuff. They're just an independent contractor for two weeks to do a job. If they do well, then you can hire them. And if they don't do well, like the predecessor, then you can terminate them and you don't have to deal with all the headaches, Um, especially if you're in like California, New York, or any of these uh, states that make that stuff difficult. So I hired Cody came in to be my assistant and he knew he wanted to be an agent. And I just said, Hey, I'm cool. I know you want to be an agent, but if you want to be my assistant, you're committing for two years. It's a two year commitment. If you tell me that you don't want to do this anymore, you want to be an agent in less than two years, I wish you the best and you can go join another team and be an agent somewhere else, but you won't be an agent on this team for two years. So that was the agreement that we made. So he came in and he was my assistant for two years. So he did start making money from day one because he came in via that path. Mm -hmm. But Cody did everything for me. He got to do glamorous stuff. Like one of his first days, we got to go up to Orange County to Tom Ferry's office and shoot a podcast episode with him and interview his marketing team. Like 
that's pretty freaking glamorous. Like, that's cool. But Cody's also had to break into houses for me. I mean, we got the cops called on him one time because somebody thought he was breaking into a house. Like, because he, you know, there was like a fence that had fallen down or something and he had to go out there and deal with it. So, like, he had to deal with the shit, too. Um, but he did his two years and, and we actually ended a little early. There was an opportunity that came up. So um, he moved over to the agent role. And in his first year, he was our, we call it a, it's normally would be called a rookie of the year, but we call it our rising star award. So first agent in their first full year with the company he had the highest GCI in the entire company his first year as an agent. So he came in, made money from day one and just paid his dues and learned for two years. But he was in the car with me all day, every day. He was in the office with me all day, every day. He learned everything so that when he made the shift to be an agent, he had such a huge head start on the competition that he was the top new agent in the company his first year. And I interviewed Cody. Tom, if you can put uh, that interview, that podcast in the show notes and on YouTube, I'd appreciate it. If you guys want to see more about that and Cody, I think it said how I made over 200K my first year as an agent. That's that one. Um, all right. Yeah, we should know. He made like 200 plus thousand GCI in his first yeah. year um, as an agent. So that bad. doesn't suck. Um, true or false? Real estate agents are always trying to make a sale. True. I think that whether we're outward with it or not, we're always thinking about that. I, th- I think that you, if you're not always thinking, thinking about it. Now you have to learn how to control it. So you don't have what they call commission breath, where it's obvious that you're constantly looking for a sale, but you better believe I'm at the pool party. If, if I overhear a conversation that if there's an opportunity for me to get involved in it, I'm going to, um, you know, or if, if I'm in talking to people, I can intertwine or interweave in like what's happening. I'm absolutely going to. So I think that agents are always thinking about it. It's the hard part is understanding how to control it so that you don't come off as like the cheesy sales guy who that's always trying to make a sale, but you are, you're just, you got to control it. Yeah. And I think to add to that, agents are always trying to make a sale. It, it, the way it's phrased can be sound negative, but trying to make a sale, it's not like, yes, I'm going to try to make a sale, but it's I know it's going to take two years with you and and I'm not going to push you now to buy or sell something now if I know that in the the future is where you want to go. So cool. Uh, true or false? Real estate is all about selling houses. No, not at all. False. Um, to me, successful real estate is all about building relationships. So the agents that are very transactional, they have much lower ceilings than the agents who are relational. Um, some of the best agents, you know, here in San Diego, two of the agents I look up to a lot and have massive respect for Melissa Tucci, Greg Phillipson, like they are amazing people that are so focused on providing a, a, an amazing experience for their clients and, and building relationships with their clients and with vendors and, you know, referral partners all over the place that like they could literally never make a call again and they could sell a hundred houses a year just from the relationships that they've built. So, uh, I think that if, if somebody wants to be very successful in this business, you should focus 90% of your time on the relationships, 10% on the transactions. Um, the transactional agents, they will never break through to that next level until they really understand the relationships. Very good. Um, true or false? This one's an interesting one. Real estate agents are unnecessary in the inter- internet age. False. Salespeople are always going to be necessary. There's an art to sales and not having 
somebody who can step in and negotiate on your behalf. I think it's the industry. There's parts of this that are absolutely real estate agents are unnecessary. But when it comes down to the sale and negotiating, like that can't be replaced by robots or AI. Um, I think there's an absolute art to that. And uh, until that changes, I don't, I don't think you'll see the agents replaced. And there's been plenty of like websites where you just go on and like buy a home, whatever, like that, that just doesn't fly. People need the agent, one, to negotiate for them, and two, to share actual experience living in a neighborhood, right? If you, like, well, let's talk about Rancho La Puerta, for example. Like, I, there's no robot that can tell you what it's like to go sit in a sound healing class with a violinist playing while you're in this like just enhanced state of relax relaxation. There's no robot that can experience that. But having been there, having been in that room with the people, with the the sound bowls and the violinist and all the things, like I've experienced that and and I can share that experience with people. But if you haven't been there, it's it's you know, no robots been there. They can't share that type of experience with you. Also, no none of them can share the little details of like the the secret restaurant this the you need to talk to bob over there let him know um that you're a client of mine and he'll take care of you he'll give you the chef's table like all those little things like that like I, th- that can be replaced cool uh true or false to be a good real estate agent all you need is good people skills i would say that that's one of the most important qualities of being a successful real estate agent. I don't know if it's the only, but I can tell you typically within two minutes of meeting somebody if if they have potential to do well. Now, there's some some that sneak through that don't have high level of people skills. So it's not to say if you're not a people person, you can't be successful. But the people that I meet that have really good people skills tend to be the most successful. It's the people that can strike up a conversation with anybody, anywhere, about anything tend to be the most successful people like Adrian on our team. He's our top agent. Like we were at the office. I had my entrepreneur organization group and I was just touring them around the office and Adrian struck up like a 20 minute conversation with him, right? Like he could talk to anybody anywhere about anything. Like that's great. Um, Carly on our team is great at it. Evan Wagley's great. at Like we have so many people that can just talk to anybody about anything, anywhere. Those people tend to be the best. So People that have those people skills typically thrive. Um, now, there's other stuff. They have to have discipline and, and some other things along with it. But I would say that that's one of the most important skills of a successful real estate agent. So if we put that into the disc profile, we're looking for a high, high I. Yeah. And typically, all good agents are either an ID or an IS. And now, you could it could be DI technically or SI, but... Uh, there's very few high producing real estate agents that are not high on the I scale. That's usually either number one or number two for them. Cool. Um, true or false? The real estate agents commission is too damn high. A lot of agents are getting paid way too damn much. There's a lot of <laughs> trash agents out there that are getting paid way more than they deserve for doing absolutely nothing. So I think because if you Factor them into the equation, yes. The answer is yes, because there's a lot of agents who do absolutely nothing for their clients. There's agents who advertise all over the internet and on billboards that they do things at an extremely low commission. They don't do anything for their clients. Like when I go up against, and I don't want to mention names, I don't like to throw people under the bus, but you know, they're a big internet company that does a lot of billboards. Like I know if I'm going up against one of them, they're on the other end of the transaction, 
I'm going to destroy them. Like I'm going to, if I'm on the buy side, I'm going to negotiate a number that's way lower than what I should be paying for it. And if I'm on the listing side and, and they're coming in with the buyer, that I'm going to be able to take every freaking penny they've got. And so I don't think they deserve what they're getting paid. So I think as a whole, there's way too many agents and as a whole, they're getting paid too much money. Now the good agents are worth their weight in gold, right? When I can come in, I mean, we just had a deal. We negotiated $275,000 above the next highest offer received. Did I deserve my 60,000 on the deal? Hell yeah. I was able to add a 1.9 and a 2.175. There's a $275,000 gap from the number one offer to the number two offer. I deserved my $60,000 there because I got that person to step up to that crazy high number. So there's agents that are worth it, maybe even get underpaid. Like I probably deserve more in that situation. Um, but there's agents who don't deserve to make a dollar because they're not doing anything for their clients. Shots fired. I like it. Sorry, not sorry. Um, real estate agents are untrustworthy. True or false? Some. Uh, I would say you can't generalize that, but there's definitely, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely bad people out there that are just trying to make a buck and will lie, um, to get a deal done. So, I mean, there's bad people, but there's bad people in any industry. Um, there's bad people at the pizza shop next door that are sliding slices over no, to their friends true. and not charging them. So I think in any industry, there's going to be some bad apples. Um, but this isn't one where one bad apple spoils the bunch. Like there's a lot of amazing people in this industry that have a true passion for helping people and have a true passion for homes. And there's a lot of great people out there, but just like any industry, there's going to be some just dirt bags. Cool. I mean, not cool, but cool. Um, this one, we kind of tied it in earlier, but I'm curious if you have a different take on it. You within real estate, you can become success, a successful agent overnight. True or false? False, unless you get really lucky and land like a massive contract with like a hedge fund buyer. Like, okay, you could become very successful overnight, but that's a needle in a haystack. So traditionally, no, this is something that builds up over time. And we, we hit on it earlier is the people with really good people skills that focus on relationships that run their schedule. They'll run a business that has a, just a, a consistently upward trending curve. And if anything, it's a curve that accelerates the longer they're in the industry because they have are just compounding the number of relationships where their first year they sell 10 homes and now they have 10 past clients. And then the next year they sell 15 homes. Now they have 25 past clients. And then the next year they sell 30 homes. Now they have 45 past clients, right? Like your past client database starts to grow and grow and grow. And that's those are people that are going to do repeat business with you and they're going to refer you business. So over time it compounds and it should grow over time. Cool. I think but your fast math was wrong on that, but I'm going to let it go by calling you out this way. Uh, what I, did, I did 10 and 10, 15. 10, it was 15. supposed to be 25. Yeah. Whatever. You did 25 55. and then you said 30. 30. Yeah. Should have been 55, not 45. You get it right all the time. I have to Because there's you 15 questions. So I was thinking about 15. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> true or false. Real estate agents always work alone. No, every agent works on a team. And, and I think some people say, I, I'm not, I don't want to be on a team. I don't want to. You're, all of you are on a team. Like, do you do your own home inspections? Nope. Do you do all your own repairs? Nope. Do you do all your own staging? Nope. Do you do your own loans? Nope. Do you do all the everything? No. Do you have other people 
that do those things for you and and they are a part of your team even if you are what's considered a solo agent you still have a team and it's all of those service providers that are a part of the process so i would argue that every single real estate agent in the world is part of a team even you're, you probably have a broker above you you have you know some support in the office around you like they're part of your team um, so unless you literally do you're the broker um, you're the person who does the home inspection, the repairs, the loan, does the home warranty, does the survey, does all the things like title, the escrow. If you do all those, which I don't even think is legal, then, so. then maybe you don't have a team, but everybody has a team. Just we have, there's different definitions of a team. And I think some people don't think of that as a team, but it is a team because those people are part of it. And again, if we keep tying back to like, the relationships and the, you know, repeat referral business, like you need that team to be strong because those people are all a reflection of you. And if, if they perform poorly, that reflects poorly upon you. Very true. I'm glad you took it there because it was obvious that real estate all, agents always work alone is false, right? Like there's teams all across the country, but I'm glad you took it there. Uh, number 14, true or false? Real estate is a fallback career. For many people, true. Um, I don't think a ton of people grow up saying, I want to be a realtor. I think that it's a lot of times a second or career for people or people try something else that doesn't work and they come to real estate. So if you survey how many kids in high school have it on their list to be a realtor or even in college, I bet you it's an extremely low number. But a lot of people end up here. I think a lot of them end up here. The two primary reasons is money and time. Like mm-hmm. Those are the reasons most people get into real estate. And I mean, surprisingly, we interview a ton of people. Like The exposure to real estate via TV and social is really high. And it's, it's an attractive career to be in that, especially because you see selling Sunset, Million Dollar Listing, all these shows. You're like, man, that'd be fun. That'd be really cool. So even though shows have a, a big influence or, or you know, Flip or Flop or any of these shows, like they all have an influence on people wanting to get into the industry. But I don't think growing up, a lot of people say like, I'm going to be a realtor when I grow up. I didn't. I know you were the exact opposite. Yeah. I <laughs> wanted nothing to do with real estate growing up. I did, I did not like real estate, but you make, I worked, I got a nickel an hour raise at the same time I made $17,000 on a flip. And it's pretty hard to stay away from real estate when you're making that kind of money. I think I was on track to make $17,000 that year in my job. <laughs> well, with that raise, it was probably seventeen twenty-five. Yeah, $17,001. Uh, uh, all right, last one. True or false? Real estate agents make more money on every... Or sorry. Let me Try again. Back. We need this for a good clip, Brian. We're yeah, gonna, I, know. I know the whole point of this is we're going to cut this up into 15 mini videos. So let's make sure we get this good. All right. True or false? Real estate agents make money on every property they show. True. Oh, really? I, I I think I've gotten you wrong every one. Good. True. <laughs> I'm glad. Please, that. tell me more. I like this. Because every no is, is one step closer to a yes. So we've run through numbers. We actually did a really cool meeting in our office where we help the agents understand, like, how many dials does it take to make a contact? And then how many contacts does it take to set an appointment? Then how many appointments do you have to go on to get a contract? And how many contracts do you have to do to get a closing? And we just boiled the math down. 
And we got to the point where you could look at like the end result of the average commission for our agents is $8,000. So you could look at it as like only the homes you showed that you closed, you made the 8,000 on, but all of those phone, every time you made a phone call, when we boiled it down to mathematically, every phone call is worth 20 bucks. So every no and every yes is worth 20 bucks. It's just, you had to make 400 phone calls to get to that one closing. So if you do the math, 8,000 was the end result, but it took 400 initial dials to get there. Every dial was worth 20 bucks. So every time you make a dial and you get a no, now that's 399 dials, 398, right? Mathematically, that's what it boils down to. So it's the same thing with showing homes is you have to get so many no's to get a yes. And it you end up figuring out on average, how many homes do I have to show to have a deal actually go through? And for most agents, that's going to be in the five to 10 range. So if you know that every time you show 10 homes, that that's going to result in one closing and one closing is worth $8,000, therefore every showing is worth $800. So yes, every showing you're making money because you have to get no's to get yeses. I like that. That was good. That's going to be a good clip, huh? It's going to be a good clip. Cool. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was definitely surprised. I'm like, oh, this is obvious. This is an obvious answer. Well, you got me. Good job. Cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that today. If you did, if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you make sure to hit that subscribe button um, so you get a notification whenever we release a new episode. And if you could write a review on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on, that means a lot to us. Podcast reviews are extremely valuable. One review there is worth like 100 Google reviews. So it's greatly appreciated. And if you are uh, watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. That way you get notified anytime we release a new video. And hit the like button. Let us know that you enjoyed the content. And if you have questions, throw them in the comment section. Brian and I personally respond to all of those comments. Before we wrap up today, what we like to do is share something we're utilizing in our business that's either saving us time, making us more money, or just helping us have more fun. What do you got for us, Brian? I'm going to use something that we're utilizing in our, in our company to make us more money, um, but this is something you can use either like we are, or you can use it as a way to save money. And so we use this website called Peerspace. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Peerspace. It's kind of like Airbnb for venues. So you can use it. You can go on Peerspace and look for places to hold events, weddings, uh, photo shoots, all sorts of things. And so we use it. Um, we are renting out our office in La Mesa. So if you want to see what that looks like, you can go to venue, uh, yeah, venue, venue.kylewhistle.com, and you can see what ours looks like and how we're pricing it and how we're selling it and all that sort of stuff. But you can also use Peerspace as a way to find, hey, I'm going to have a company-wide meeting, I need a, a big space to rent, check out that, or I want to do a, a photo shoot day and I want to have this kind of old, um, you know, this this look that I'm looking for of homes in the 1920s and we want to do a photo shoot there, uh, look at Peerspace and see what they have. But that is my widget this week. Cool. Uh, the widget I want to share now, I know that this isn't, I found this not the same for everybody, so it depends on the type of account that you have. Um, but one of the keys with posting on Instagram that's going to help you be successful when you're sharing uh, reels on there is making sure that you're using the audio and the hashtags that are actually trending at the time. So if you're just using played out songs that have been you know used in a million reels and, and hashtags that have been used five million times, like you're going to get lost. So you want to use what's trending. 
So depending on the type of account you have, I'm going to tell you how I access it. Hopefully you have the same thing, but you should have what we just went through this with our team. What type of account should they have? A creator account. Yes. Should have a creator account. That'll make sure you have access to all of the music and you have access to all the analytics. So hopefully if you have a creator account, um, you just tap on your face. And then there's going to be something that says professional. So that'll take you to your profile. Within your profile, you're going to have something that's called professional dashboard. You're going to open that up. And if you scroll down, there should be a section called tips and resources. And then within there, there is reels trends. And that's going to tell you what are all the audio clips that are trending right now, as well as the hashtags that are trending. Um, what I like to find is to find the stuff that is not the one that's had. Like when I look on here, there's a something that's been in 1.4 million reels, like I'm probably not using that because that's been used so many times. But then there's another piece of audio in here that's been used 11,000 times. Like that's one that's like an emerging trend. So I try to focus on the ones that are the emerging ones, not the established ones. And same thing with the hashtags. I'm not trying to use the hashtags that have been used a million times. I'm looking for the emerging ones that have been used, like hashtag utopia, 1.2 million reels. But if I, where's one with a small one on here? Um, geez, there's millions, millions. Oh, uh, geez, what does that say? <laughs> Don't ask me to read it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Find something. Uh, Leagues Cup 2023, which I'm assuming is probably like a uh, some sort of sports thing. Soccer, I would guess. Um, rugby. Rugby could be 5,809 reels. Like that's been used in very few. That's an emerging one. So I'm looking for stuff like that that's emerging. Those are the ones that you can get in front of the trend and be a part of the trend and then everybody follow you on it. So Instagram's letting you know these are trending. Get on the trend earlier rather than later and you'll have more success. Yeah, uh, we've looked at that. Kyle's account has it. My account doesn't. Tom's account has it. Whistle Realty's account doesn't. Um, Instagram is famous in my experience for testing things for different people for no reason that I can discern. It's not, oh, well, they're only doing it for people 10,000 followers or more. It's, it's a mix of a thousand things. And I don't know what those thousand things are, um, which is super fun, but also infuriating. I love you, Instagram. <laughs> I mean, there's other websites out there you can find trending audio and stuff. Again, just try to find the stuff that's the emerging trends, not the established trends. Cool. Um, and I think that'll help you guys out just get more traction on the content that you're creating. Very good. Awesome. Well, appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty here in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.